As I traveled on this dusty road, I, I took a moment to stop by a water well. And I took a chance to drink deep in that water well. And as I was drinking through that water well, a stranger sauntered up to me. They walked up to me and said, hey stranger, I haven't seen you around these parts. And then I said to them, well, that's because I'm not from around here. I'm just passing on through and uh, I'd be obliged kindly if you let me sip my water in peace. And the stranger said, hey, there's no need to be like that. I'm just a stranger. We're all just strangers in this cold, cruel universe. I looked at the stranger and I said, you know what? You're right about that. And the stranger said, well, you may be a stranger, but you might not always be a stranger. How about you tell me your story? And I said to that stranger, you know what stranger? That's a good idea. It's a good idea to tell you that story. But I don't know where I'd begin, and I don't know where I end. And then the stranger looked at me and said, well, why don't you start at the beginning and end here? And then I looked at the stranger and I said, you know what? That's actually a great idea. That's a great idea had by you, stranger. Well, it began a long time ago in a place far away, but just like any other place, any other town, and any other time. And then I decided my voice wasn't quite gritty enough. <clears throat> so I lowered it and got a little bit grittier. And I said to the stranger, well, is my story all that interesting? Is where I've been as interesting as where I'm going? And does where I'm going matter at all? Because isn't the most important thing where I am right now at this water and hole? The stranger said to me, well, I think that's a mighty fine story myself. I think it's mighty interesting too, but I need a little more from you. And then I said to the stranger, what more do you need from me? And the stranger said, I need everything. And I said, whoa, I can't give you everything. And they said, you must give me everything. And I said, who do you think you are? And the stranger said, well, I think it's pretty obvious. I'm you. And I was like, what? And the stranger said, yeah, I'm you. You've been talking to your reflection the whole time. And that's when I realized I was talking to myself the whole time. Hmm, what a shame. But then the stranger said to me, why is that a shame? Sometimes the best conversations you can have are between your own ears. And I said to the stranger, why, why are we still talking out loud to each other, stranger, with the same person? And the stranger said, I don't know, you're the crazy one, you tell me. Hello and welcome to an all new episode of the It's Told by Reese podcast. I'm your host Reese and we have a very fun and interesting show for you today. Um, forgive me for not saying that in the intro, but thought to try something different fun. You know me, if you've listened to a few of my intros, you know I go I go left sometimes and say, why not? Why not give it a shot? Because life is worth experimenting on, if you ask me. Um, 
And then I was going to say more, but that ending was just like way too epic to come in and be like, well, don't listen to the thing. Just kind of matched it. Just kind of matched it. Said, I like this. I like this. Um, but again, this podcast episode is the Soul by Reese podcast episode a lot. I have a lot of episodes. You should listen to all of them. You can listen on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, everywhere. Every place has a podcast platform. Every single place. Doesn't matter where. Your place has a podcast platform. Yeah. Yeah. Your very own house, your very own home where you live is a podcast platform. I bet you didn't know that. Of course you did. But anyway, moving past that subject, how are you doing? I hope you're doing great. I hope you're doing great. And I, I mean that. I hope you're actually doing great. I hope you're Credit is good. I hope your skin is clear. I hope you're living your best life. Living your dreams. Living the dream. A few things I want to tell you about. Um, going to have a moment of honesty with my friends, random listener out there. And if you ever want to have a moment of honesty with me, you can always let me know at name of this podcast at gmail.com. Funny enough, I haven't checked that email in a while because all I get is solicitations. Uh, but recently I did check it and I was like, wow, maybe there'd be a comment or two and nope, nope, wasn't, it was just still more solicitations, but Hey, at least I checked it and now I'm more, I'm more regular with the checking of it. So yeah, if ever, if ever you want to talk to me, you could always email. I'm not lonely or anything though. You're lonely and that's why you're here to be with a friend. It's nice to be friends at times like this. Tom's like, what, you ask? Exactly. So I'm going to talk about my week right now, my week in the rear view, now that it is actually in the rear view, and how terrible the week was, but the weekend was fine. The weekend was great. The week itself was terrible, right? So if you listen to the last couple, last couple of episodes, I feel like I've unlocked the key to how things should go. Like if I'm going to get my really creative processes off the ground and I'm going to kind of fast forward into living the life that I believe I would be my best fit, my best energetic alignment and everything like that. And I figured it out and I, I, I planned it out. I mapped it out. I said, yep, I have this. I've got this. We've, you know, you've done your trial and error last couple years have been nothing but trial and error and i think i think you're turning the page but invariably invariably you can't account for the gray the black and white easy but there's things called well i get i'll get to the things called in a minute <sighs> so work what happened monday monday I had to, because I have a plan. Well, let me first start with my plan. So, my YouTube my YouTube channel. I decided, let me revamp that. Let me take this month and pump out as much content as possible to try to get that magic number. I don't have a lot of subscribers. I have 780 subscribers. At one point, I had like 800 subscribers, but then all of a sudden, I lost some. Um, but I did put the channel down. I put the channel down, and I ignored I I said... I'm not going to say I ignored it, but I put it, uh, a video out once every once in a while just because I wasn't mm, I wasn't moved by it. And I didn't want to just make videos, just be making videos. So 
I got the I got the the inspiration to make videos again. I said, you know what? I got a certain number in mind. I want to see if I can hit that thousand subscriber mark. I, I want to. Just to say, yeah, you weren't crazy. You could definitely have done it. But after pumping out video, 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 mm, at some point I lost the I, I lost the um the momentum. But recently I gained it back. I said, you know what? I'm put these videos out here. So what if only seven, eight, nine people watch it? I'm still gonna put it out there. Why? Because I'm gonna get to a certain number of videos. I have 365. What'll happen if I get to that magic number 400? So I went after that number 400. I said, I'm going to go after that number. I'm not going to worry about subscriber count. I'm not going to worry about views. I'm going to put 400 videos on the board. So I edited about three videos in rapid succession because the editing part is super easy for me. That That's the easiest part of the thing. It's actually getting the effort, energy, and time to shoot the videos that are kind of killer to me. And then sometimes when I have like higher minded ideas for my videos, they can take a bit to edit, but it's not, they're just time consuming. And I have so many things that I have to do in a given day that time runs out. So anyway, I had a renewed sense of, okay, let me get these videos done. So before last week, knocked those videos out. was really proud of my work, was proud of my effort, said, hey, I'm in there. I'm actually in there. Great. Came up with a plan for the next week. Next week, this week, I am going to record most of my videos for the week in one day. That way, I can edit them another day, and then they can all be done, and all I have to do is press a button, and each and every day, they come out. Each and every day, there's one produced. Because realistically, I don't know how long I'm going to be inspired to create the best possible videos, the most creative possible videos I can. So I want to get them out now while I have the effort, the energy, and the emphasis. I do. So I made them one of my top priorities. The other top priority I have is my music. You know that. Uh, continuing to improve at the guitar is something like that's that's legitimately like my number number one thing. Because I see that as something that's going to be a lifelong journey to get where I want to go there. Where I feel like my other endeavors, it won't be a lifelong journey to get to where I want to go. It'll be when I get there, it's more like maintaining what I have. But for this thing, it's so effortful. It's the most effortful thing that I do. So this week, I had the goals laid out before me. I said, and this podcast, this podcast, I said, this many podcast episodes, this many videos, this many hours um, with the guitar, and this much time in the gym. Had it all mapped out. In addition to changing my eating habits, because a brother is fat and he is tired of being fat. Um, and But the only person shaming me for being fat is me, so that's not that big a concern. It's more like I am tired of carrying this because it's affecting me in other ways. Regardless, I had a lot of goals. I had a methodology. I had the formula. I had the formula. There's one constant in all of this that I always have to account for. is work. It is work. 
it's those eight magical hours a day that I have to give myself over to a mindless, thankless marathon of a dump. What I mean by that is it's not an intensive environment. I don't have to like really tax my brain for anything, but the work is so repetitive. I'm not going to call it pointless, but it's repetitive. It can only go but so fast and they just keep giving you file after file after file after file after file. And it all looks so much the same. And I'm in quality control, so I got to make sure all the I's are dotted, make sure all the T's are crossed. And it is so very boring. It's by far the most boring job I've ever experienced in my life. It's boring. Last week wasn't as boring. Why? Why was last week so exciting compared to the other weeks? Oh, because it was the consequence of my own actions coming back to haunt me. This is a boring thing. There's a lot of checks and balances. A lot of things, a lot of little small, minute, detailed things you always have to take care of every single day. Um, But depending on your workflow, sometimes those things don't get done right away. There are things that aren't that are critical, but not urgent. Critical, but not urgent can really mess you up because the things that are urgent and critical, you have to take care of first. And we're in an environment that if you don't do your workload, somebody else gets your workload, but you get penalized for that. So we're, it's it's an environment that promotes working as fast as you can and as efficiently as you can. but there's no reward for it. Your reward is, hey, you get more work. <laughs> or your reward for it is you get to keep your work. But here's the problem. We rely on other things in order to get those widgets. We're like the last in the production line. So if other people hold up the production line, hold up our production line, there's nothing we can do. It's completely random. It's completely randomized. But not pushing the blame off to anything else there was mistakes that I made at work. And here's the thing about mistakes at work. I'm going to be as hard on myself as anybody else. I'm going to be hard on myself. Why not? I, I don't take pride in the job. Never take pride in, in a building or an employer. I take pride in my work. I take pride in my work ethic. I take pride in my work. Why? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I just do. I, I, it's maybe conditioning or something like that, but I don't, I don't mess up. When I do mess up, I mess up. I'm like, yep, you got me dead to rights here. I messed this up. I'm not going to hide behind anything. I'm not going to push the blame on anything. I'm not that sort of person. It's own up to my mistakes. And boy, howdy this week for the first couple of days, the mistake I only made the mistake one day, but it was compounded. So the mistake was, it was, I, I, tr- I spent the week atoning for the mistake that was made previously. So here's a funny caveat to this. Another employee, fellow employee made actually the same mistake and the reactions to our mistakes couldn't have been any different. It was like, 
There's a favorite child and there's a hated child. It's, hey, we both dropped our ice creams. I dropped my ice cream. You stupid loser. You should kill yourself. No one likes you. They dropped their ice cream. Oh, it's okay. You, we need, you, do you want a double scoop? Do you want a double scoop of ice cream? You're the best. You are a sweet prince slash and slash or princess. And you are the best forever. And nope, nope, not talking to you. You're a loser. But you, you are the best. That That's legitimately what happened. And I was floored. Because, I mean, I really, they, they really took it out on me for my era. And they did not take it out on them for theirs. And I said, ooh. That's that leaves a mark. That leaves a mark, even though I never expect anything from the employment overlords. I never expect anything. I definitely don't expect fair. So it's just like, oh, okay, this obviously would happen this way. Why wouldn't it happen this way? It would be silly to think it wouldn't happen this way. But the truth of the matter is that mistake happened and I spent the week making up for it. Spent the week making up for it. Spent the better part of two days trying to mitigate the mistake and spent the rest of the week trying to be as good of a quote-unquote employee as I can, staying on top of my work, so there won't be any more compounding issues. Got that out the way. Usually, with the job, there can be some downtime. Unfortunately, the last week of every month at my job is by far the busiest time, especially last day. But it's the busiest. We have more. We have the most files. We have everything. They come in. They don't. Um, they come in. Some come in on time. Some come in late. It's just it, it gets to be a madhouse. So there's no such thing as downtime. There's also no such thing as overtime. So you're just your back's against the wall here, and that's where I found myself last week. So with the pace that I had to perform at every single day, even though my job is not difficult, it was very taxing to me last week. It was taxing to the point that right after work, I had nothing left energetically. I had nothing at all. I didn't have it. I'm also taking these classes on Monday and Wednesday that are two hours in nature the subject matter is very boring the subject matter is very boring and it is hard to pay attention it's hard to stay awake honestly um something against the instructor instructor tries to make it but it's hey hire more advanced widgets that will pay you more in this corporate structure in a in any corporate structure xyz.com those things they give you letters that grown-ups all vie for after a certain time. It's all very the gross. It's all very gross when you think about it. So those are my certainties for last week. Those are the two concretes. I had to go to work and I had to take these classes. But there were three concretes. As you know, I am an editor. I'm an editor extraordinaire. It's the skill I picked up by creating the YouTube videos and other things. And for a few years now, I've taken that work and, and edited videos for others, for companies, for individuals. Some pretty, I've, I've worked on some pretty, pretty nice projects. Well, last week, 
it's a new new client for me so I had to work on their project and it was a big project a big project it's one of those i have to get these done projects and i'll tell you why i'll tell you why i have to get those things done because i have to escape this job i have to escape like if i really want to give myself a chance at the things that i want to do i have to escape this type of grind for me because the way I work, I only have a certain amount of energy to go around. And last week proved beyond a shadow of a doubt to me that I only have a certain amount of energy to go around. And that's where accounting for the variable comes in play. We know we're dealing with equations or anything. Equations where we have to really, really figure something out. You always have to account for a variable. I know people who actually know math are screaming their heads off at me right now. But a variable, by adjective, is not consistent or having a fixed pattern, liable to change, and by now it's an element, feature, or factor that is liable to vary or change. Hence the term variable. There are a few variables that I account for. The biggest one is I didn't account for work being so demanding. Not quite that demanding. Being so demanding that I would have no downtime in order to brush up on my studies or even to take lunch or even to shoot the videos the way I wanted to do or edit the videos or record a podcast. I didn't know work would be so time intensive. But hey, you know what? That's work. They pay me for XYZ amount of hours. So they, 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 they have the rights to my services for XYZ amount of hours. But they also took my energy for the afterwards. The first two days, I was too exhausted to do anything. I didn't have any energy for anything. It wasn't like I didn't have the desire to do it. It's I didn't have the ability to. It's falling asleep as soon as the end of the day comes. Like actually falling asleep at the computer because it's so exhausting and so taxing. It's that drinking coffee or drinking caffeine and the caffeine having no effect whatsoever. That's the variable. That's the variable for after work that I didn't account for. And that's with decent nights of sleep. I got decent nights of sleep. I got decent nights of sleep and I still couldn't muster up the energy just because it was so emotionally, energetically draining. And I said to myself, okay, well, you got to push through it. You got to push through it. And I tried and I failed miserably. See, the thing about needing the creative part of your brain, <laughs> it, my creativity doesn't work when I don't have any energy. It doesn't work when I'm very stressed out. Not when I'm very stressed out. I can sit there and try, but I'll just be going through the motions. But I didn't even have the energy to go through the motions. <sighs> because with all the things, all my plans, all my methodologies, all my goals, I overestimated my energy reserves overestimated them and I paid for it paid for it greatly by 
the week not being what I thought it was going to be. Sure, I touched my guitar five minutes a day, every day for the most part. But when I finally got a chance to play around with my guitar for a few hours, I was so tired. I was so tired that I fell asleep with guitar in hand. Fell asleep with it in hand. I didn't have it. The editing, after work, after the lessons, and after the editing, I had nothing in me. But I still had my videos, my guitar, and my podcasting to do. And I didn't get to do any of them the way I wanted to. Barely, barely scratched it out. Somebody somehow, aha, somebody somehow, I was able to get two podcast episodes out last week. Relatively speaking. Why did that happen? Because I already had one in the tuck. <laughs> already had one. But my plan was, before I release one, I want to have another one already recorded. So I can certainly know I'm going to be putting out one next time. I put out a couple of videos last week. But guess what? The couple of videos that I put out were recorded after the ones that I really want to show. Why? Because I get creative with those other ones. Those other ones, you need time and you need the right mind space to want to be able to edit and create the way you want to. And the guitar, the guitar, my dear sweet guitar. It didn't gather dust, but it definitely... I remember the week before I was reaching new heights and it... It's as if I didn't make any progress since then. Like, it's actually like I made a lack of progress. Kind of like my YouTube subscribers. <laughs> After, because I had 700, what, 784 or something like that, right? And then I started making videos. Something funny happened. I went down to 778. <laughs> when I started making more videos, it's like, huh? I'm losing people now that I'm making videos. And now I'm all the way back to 780. Not quite to where I was before I started making videos again, but one day I'll get there. But yeah, big miscalculation on my part. But here's why I see it as an absolute win, right? Outside of the fact that, hey, I was still able to edit the, edit, edit the video for the potentially new client which I'll talk about in a second, I still was able to get a podcast episode out and I was still able to get some YouTube episodes out. I still had a baseline of relatively okay. If I didn't set the goals that I had set for myself out there, I might've seen last week as a success actually. But it wasn't because I did have higher goals than that. And if I'm serious about achieving my goals, I have to be honest with myself, sometimes brutally so, and I can't accept consolation prizes. I can't. It's, did you meet your goal? No. Could you have met your goal under any circumstance? Mm, possibly. I don't really think so. Uh, for me, I, there's just certain barriers I couldn't push past. And certain things I had to do. You know, I try to map my time out as best I can. But that eight hours you're not working and eight hours you're not sleeping... 
in real life, like in an equation, it looks so sweet. Like, oh, wait, I have eight old hours to do whatever I need to do. I should be a master of this. Sounds great. But in real life, it doesn't work that way. That eight hours of downtime get eaten up by this, this, and this. If you have a family, come on. Yeah, you'd be lucky to scratch out two hours of that time. Now, I'm not saying... That you don't have the time in the world to do what you want to do, what you need to do, and the like. It's, let's be honest about how much time we actually have when you break it down to what's eating, what's traveling from point A to point B, what's taking care of the needs of others. If you have others that you have to take care of, what's taking care of your needs. You could cut out a lot of the distractions, which is great. Yeah, you can cut down your social media, and unless that's part of your job, you probably should. But be very honest about the eight waking hours that you do have. And don't kill yourself about not going 100% all eight of those hours. That's going to lead to burnout. It will. But about the editing project, right? So... I've decided that I want to completely replace my 925. But I have to replace it responsibly. I can't replace I can't replace my 9 to 5 with something that pays a lot less than my 9 to 5. My 9 to 5 doesn't pay all that much anyway, but I can't. I I have bills, I have a significant other. Um I might have I I plan to have kids in the future. Things that not allow me to be like, oh, I just want to live my dreams with no consequence to the real world. It's not how it works. Since those are things I want, I got to make sure that the things that I do make me enough money that I can say, yeah, I can escape this nine to five. And that's where the editing comes into play. I love editing. I love taking a piece of film and molding it and shaping it into something that's consumable. I like taking a piece of art and sculpting it. I'm a sculptor, but just of live moments. I'm a sculptor of live moments. And I take it very serious. I take it very seriously because I'm I'm really good at it. I'm I'm really good at it, but that's just because I've been doing it for years and I've had a lot of failures that that eventually became successes with how do I do this? How do I make this good? How do I make this faster? How do I make this better? So with this new client, I had to tap into skills that I never had this happen before. No, no, correct that. I had to use techniques that I've never had to use before. However, I didn't have this happen to any new skills. Because I'm so well-versed in editing, I knew that I'd be able to figure it out. It took me a moment to figure it out. It took me, I tried to pull an all-nighter, and I did not make it. It was after one of those days where I not only had work, but also had class. And by the time work and class was over, I said, okay, let me, let me put my effort and energy into editing this and getting it to them. And I fell asleep with computer on lap. Their footage opened up in front of me. 
because I didn't have it. But the next day, the next day in the morning before, before I started working, because I knew the moment I started working, it was just going to be, it was going to be a marathon. It was going to be a marathon of dumb. So I started work. I, 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 I like found like something clicked overnight, got to sleep, woke up, refreshed for a change, said, oh, I know how to do this thing that they need to do. I just have to undo everything I did last night. I had to start from scratch, started from scratch, got really close, close to the end process. <sighs> and then it was time to lock, then it was time to clock in. Now, remember I was already in trouble before, earlier in the week. So I can't really afford to clock in late or just do something silly that will put me in jeopardy. So as much as I want to, I was in such a good role with this project. And as much as I want to continue it, I have to pause it. I have to hit the pause button on this project and I have to go to work. But I'm like, well, but I have the technique now. I know what to do. I'm here. Oh my goodness. I can't wait. Because at some point, when I knock out this work, because how much work could it be? I'll be able to get back to the project. Well, it is a lot of work. <laughs> so one hour became two hours, two hours became several hours, and I never got back to the project until well after work. Well, guess what? It was so draining that I couldn't just pick up the project right away. Because... I need some energy. I need some inspiration. I need something to get me going on that project. <sighs> it didn't happen right away. Took a break. Took some caffeine. And eventually, I got started, though. Eventually, I got started. But the idea that I had before I started work, it flew away from me. It flew away from me completely. So I was starting from scratch again. I wish you could say third time the charm, but it took me several iterations to get to where I needed to be with it. Finally finished it, sent it off, feeling great, right? But at that point, it's it's time to go to sleep. It's definitely time to go to sleep. So, all the other things go untouched because of the two things that I have to do. I have to work, and I have to work, and work on work in school. This is why I say I can't serve two masters of work. Because I love editing. I love editing, but because working put me in such a bad place, I I wasn't feeling the editing. I wasn't feeling the crafting what I wanted to craft. Eventually I did, but usually I feel it right away. I feel it all along. Like, this is so cool. I get to do this. It wasn't that. It wasn't joyous. It was a drag because it felt like work. And the only reason why I felt like work is because I had no energy or drive to do it. Just like work, which I have no energy or drive for. But it's because I don't enjoy my job. And I know now, I know, like it, it, it crystallized for me. Oh, I can't do this thing. If I want to do this other thing for the rest of my working career, I can't work this kind of nine to five. If I want to make the creative process my actual job, 
my actual career, my actual thing I get paid enough to live quote unquote relatively decent life on. Because I don't personally have 16 hours to just work. I don't. I do not. If you have that, great for you. I'm happy and proud. I can't operate or function that way. And I realized it. I realized it. Like These editing jobs I saw as, this is great extra money on top of this job that I'm working until I find a better paying job. But I still want to continue editing. So, wait a second. If I'm going to continue editing and doing this, even if I find a better job than this, which isn't hard. A lot of jobs be better than this. Like, unless it's a job where I do nothing at all, get paid a lot for, and get to work on what I want to work on, I'm still going to kind of be where I am. Just be a better paid version of where I am. But the things I want to get better at, I would much rather spend 8 to 10 hours on the creative process and then the other hours on the life stuff. So now I have a shift in my mindset. This is the shift. By this time next year, can I be in a position to where I can say bye to this job so I can do nothing but the creative stuff. I'm not in a position where it's like, oh, quit my job and go gallivanting. No, no, no. Nope. But I've seen others do it. I've seen, I'm surrounded by a few people who have made either their hobby or their passion what they do for a living. It's not, it's definitely not all flowers, candy, and rainbow, peaches, and cream. It's not milk and honey. It's not any of those um, sayings. It's not any of those metaphors, similes, whatever. It's none of that. It's still a lot of work for them. And a lot of times, they are ready to run their head into a wall. But at least it's their own head and their own wall. At least they're the ones doing it. Which... For me, that is a sense of freedom. I miss my freedom from this. When I when I had my own company, I still had bosses. I still had people I had to answer to, the, namely the customers. But I still felt more in control of myself. With this, I have somebody that <laughs> I have to answer to. And if they're not having a great day... I'm not having a great day. If they want to treat another employee better than me, I'm just going to suck it up and take it. And I don't like being in that position. I don't like not being in control of what I can control. So here's the thing. I'm going to take you on this journey creative. I have something. I have a skill. That I can actually get paid for. And that's the editing. And what do I know I can get paid for that skill? Because I've been paid for that skill. Repeatedly. Over and over again. For, for a while. From a few places. And if I do a great job with this new client. Hmm, I would only need a couple more consistent clients. A 
couple more consistent clients and not forever but if i get those clients for a year if i get those clients for a year now we're working with something now we're getting somewhere but that's where i can't get greedy that's where i can't get greedy because greed is i mean well i can't get greedy i can't be in a position where my creative things allow me to make as much money as my nine to five and I keep both. No, the moment that my creative outpaces, matches or outpaces my nine to five, I have to say bye to my nine to five. Why? Because then like the downtime from the creative, I can just find more projects, find more avenues. Whereas with the downtime, with the nine to five, I'm trying to work on my creative. I'll personally never be as far as the me who doesn't have to worry about this nine to five that I work now. And it's crystallizing for me. It's like, oh, wow. Yeah, no, that's the actual goal. The actual goal is to make the thing that you are, for me, the thing that I am passionate about, the thing that is almost effortless to be the thing that actually pays me instead of the thing that's so very effortful. I have to remain present all the time at this job and it sucks. But if I had all day, every day to actually pursue my passions, I think the world would be a better place. Why? Because I'd be giving my best self to the world. And I think for all of us that want to pursue those passions, those things that can make the world a better place, I also believe that for you. If you got to be your most authentic, energetic self, I think the world's a better place off for it. That's just my opinion, though. But yeah, I believe my assignment right now is very clear it is absolutely clear i have to find a way for my actual life's calling to outpace the pay of my job so that i can actually put my job in the rear view mirror responsibly that big r word responsibly because i'm not going to do it irresponsibly and I know it sounds tough. It sounds impossible, but mm, I have I have an example of mm, you can make it happen living with me. <laughs> My significant other, she works for herself. She works hard for herself, but she works for herself. And me, I don't. But I work hard, but I don't work for myself. But I want to. Unless someone pays me a whole, whole lot of money. A lot more money than I've ever seen before. And then I might be able to work for them for a couple of years. But eventually, I want to work for myself. Speaking of working for yourself, right? Did I ever tell you about the time that I owned a t-shirt business? Okay, this was a few years ago. When uh, things like Five Below, or you see it online, t-shirts with interesting sayings or other things, just ironic sarcastic sayings, things like that, fun, silly slogans. They're all the rage, right? So I came up with a couple ideas that were pretty good. They were pretty good ideas for t-shirts. 
had design, opened up a Shopify store, set the prices, set a budget for advertising, all of it. And had that store for two years. And I don't know if I made a single sell. No, no, no. I made, I made, mm, yeah, I think I made a handful of sales actually. So I can't say, I don't know if I made a single sell, but it might as well have been that. I made a handful of sales, a handful at best, right? And it was a frustrating thing because my, my idea with the store, right? I was like, hey, I'm going to show a certain level of success. There's just going to be a certain level of success here. And then I'm, I'm going to distribute the five below or Target or any of those places. And then they can go ahead and set the price and do what they want. And I can cash out. And I was, I was pro, I'll spend the budget on marketing that I need to spend all that. And I did. And the website got a lot of actual engagement, but none of it led to sales. None of it led to sales at all. It's like, why, why, why did this not lead to sales? I don't have a big reveal here. Why it didn't lead to sales? We had a pretty good marketing plan. It wasn't a marketing plan I came up with, but it was a pretty good looking website. The t-shirt designs are pretty, pretty good if i do say so myself i don't know if they were excellent or anything but have you seen a lot of t-shirts especially from years ago they're not that great but eventually it kept making no money and costing money and i ran out of money and i had to close it on down i shut it down didn't start it up ever again <sighs> but recently i've been seeing advertising for t-shirts right and the crazy thing about these t-shirts is that they're normal t-shirts. I mean, the t-shirts are bigger guys that I'm, that's being advertised to me. And that's interesting because I don't, I don't search, I don't Google search big guy stuff or anything like that. So I don't know, I don't know who told them that unless it's my own camera. I say, Hey, he's a big guy. You should probably send him t-shirts like this, but the concept of how they're selling their t-shirts is genius. There's no designs, nothing crazy, no sayings, no slogans, none of that. It's just a comfortable t-shirt for men, plus size men sometimes. Well, most times, many times it's plus size men, but it's a comfortable shirt for men. A fitting shirt, a nice looking shirt. And that was it, no frills, no frills. There's a couple companies that popped up being being um, targeted to me, being advertised to me like that. And I'm like, oh, that was the opportunity. That was the opportunity. I missed that market completely. That's what I should have done. I should have found a way to find t-shirts that saw, like, their t-shirts were better than mine because it wasn't trying to say something. It was actually trying to solve a problem. What's that problem? T-shirts that don't fit right for bigger men. There's not a lot that fits us. We either, it, things are bigger guys. You either look like a blimp or you look like, 
like <laughs> things are just too tight. Let's just let's just call, let's just say it like that. It's like it's either a tent or it's skin fit. And it doesn't doesn't work. It doesn't work for every big guy. I mean, sometimes it's like super confident big guy. Sure, it works for, but uh, when things are skinny and skinny's not your style, it's not very comfortable. So they said, hey, let's get you something comfortable, but that also looks good. Wouldn't this be amazing if all this was an advertisement for something? It's not. It's just a story. But I'm saying for me, ah, I missed the boat. Like that was the market. That was the market. Now, back when I had T-shirt company, I wasn't as big as I am now. So I, I wouldn't have seen the ads. But I had thought about that. Shirts that fit and just look good. Because in the summer, spring and summer, that's when big guys suffer the most. In the winter, we're good. In the fall, we're good. Look, sweater and sweatshirt season. Sweater and sweatshirt season, that's our season. That You, you want to cuddle with a big guy. But come summer, mm-mm. Mm-mm. You would not catch me at the beach. You barely catch me somewhere where I have to have a t-shirt on and other shirts because... It's getting harder and harder every year, but with those T-shirts, which again, if this was a, if this if, if someone would pay me to advertise them, this would be natural. But that T-shirt company, it's like, oh, they found a need, they fit a need. They're selling T-shirts, but they're selling T-shirts that make sense instead of saying, hey, we're going to be ironic and cool. They're like, no, we're going to be functional, which is a lesson. It's definitely a lesson for me. You're going to do something out there, provide value, provide actual value, and maybe you'll win. Speaking of marketing, I tell you what 100% absolutely works with me every time, and that's food marketing, almost every time, with the exception of vegan stuff. Other than that, any type of food marketing works with me. If I haven't eaten, and someone like TV on the TV, well, I don't even watch TV anymore. So on the, the my phone, my computer, where I actually watch stuff, if someone mentions pizza, I want pizza. If someone mentions burgers, I want burgers. If someone mentions sushi, I want sushi. It's whatever they mention. I'm like, oh, that does sound good right about now. I must have it. So it's not even subliminal messaging. There's, there's no need for subliminal messaging for me. Because I remember I was watching a video, and it was about them eating at Panda Express, and... I said, you know what? I need to eat a Panda. I, I want some Panda Express. I haven't had Panda Express in years. And then I tried Panda Express. And I was like, oh, now I realize why I haven't had Panda Express in years. Because it's it's inadequate. It's trash. It's terrible. It stinks. Panda Express sucks. Compared to the, the food like Panda Express I can get. And I regretted getting it. But I knew the only reason why I had it is because I heard it. And I don't know. But for me, the moment I hear about something and crave it, I have to have it so I can scratch that itch. If I like it's it's just it's going to happen at some point. It's always going to happen at some point. Why not make it now instead of later? So we don't have to play this game. We don't have to go back and forth. We can just figure it out. So. Had Panda Express. It sucked. And I was upset at myself. But it's not like I said never again. 
I'm always going to do this. Why? I don't know. Just because I, I love food. Food is addicting to me. Even though I've changed the diet and I've cut certain things out. Invariably, I'm going to go back to eating the way I like to eat. Because humans are creatures of habit. And habits are hard to break. And breaking up is hard to do. And, and nothing to it but to do it. But yeah, that's if you want me to get anything, just put it in. Put it. If you want me to eat anything, just put it in a commercial. It's going to happen. Again, except vegan, I don't do that. But it's sad. I'm just like, yeah, I do want pizza right now. I do want burgers right now. That's why I don't look at like food talk or food gram or any of that because I'm going to want it. In fact, I saw some videos and I was like, oh, I have to try that. And then I went out and tried it. And, well, it was good. It was, it's all, it's usually good for the most part. A little, not as good as people in videos seem to make it, but still decent nonetheless. But then I also think to myself as a kid, the things that were advertised to me as a child, I wanted. I wanted most of the things that were advertised to me. I got relatively few of them. I got a handful of things, even though all of the advertisement was to us. Those those messages aren't that subliminal. It's like, hey, buy this product. Buy this product. You you want to buy this product. I know you want to buy this product. So why do people have to do anything subliminally? Why do companies have to do anything subliminally when we're very willing sheep? Just putting it out there. And speaking of putting it out there... I'm putting out there that is actually about that time. Yeah, yeah, it's about that time. And you should be ready because we've been at it for a long time. Actually, a lot longer than I thought I would go. Sometimes, I guess, I just got a certain level of performance in me. And I guess I just want to live up to expectations. Whose expectations? My own. My own expectations of delivering the best possible podcast episode I can to you each and every episode, every time. But also the most organically honest episode. I'm not gonna. I'm here like I had the worst time ever. I'm not gonna tell you all of my personal business. It's none of your business. Just kidding. It's a little bit of your business because I make it. But give you enough of me to let you know. Yeah. <laughs> Even when I think I have things figured out, life lets me know, hey, you still might actually have a few things to account for. And there's no accounting for taste. But, by you listening to this, that just shows what great, exquisite, impeccable, dynamic, and unquestionable taste you have in your choice of podcast. As I'm sure this is probably by far your favorite podcast and the one you tell all your family and friends to listen to. And if you haven't, there is no shame in that you can start doing it now. I forgive you, but I need you to forgive yourself. But, uh, yep, I just saw it. That's your shuttle, so you definitely gotta go. I would mention Mr. Shuttle. I do have the couch for you, but place for you is a lot more comfortable and next time I'll, i have i have a better refreshment i have company over right now. that's a long story 
thank you so much for visiting my corner of the universe and i do hope to see you next time but until then take care and i'll talk to you later bye every movement you make is an odyssey light as you paint your song with your dance